evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Hey everyone, I am here with Carlo Palomino, and we are collaborating for a mythopoetic ritual experience in Greece this summer solstice. This frequency has been rippling through my being in so many ways since we started cooking it up together and having it enter us, enter our bodies, enter the field. Um, So I'm really excited to be here with you today to talk more about it. Um, For those of you um, here, you may know Carla from Magic of the Spheres podcast, from our various collaborations thus far. Um, but for those of you who are just meeting Carla, um, I'll share, we've been friends for a couple of years. I watched to your honest. Oh no, no, more than a couple of years. We've been friends for like four years now, babe. <laughs> okay. That's what I think of a couple. Okay. We've been friends for years. <laughs> we've been friends since 2019. Since yeah. 2019. And, you know, your honest was approaching your son when we met. And I got to watch you live out this transit and like your medicine just radically, radically open and expand. Like we were Instagram crushing mutually um, and then met up and um, your medicine with embodiment has been deeply life-changing and has been such a like internal opener and counterpart to my astrology practice as well. Mm. Um, I really love to hear this because it, you know, I've, I've been into astrology and for a long time, but in meeting you and getting to deepen, taking your foundational evolutionary astrology course, having so many different, um, just like in my bed, like nighttime, like us talking about astrology and life and all of that, you know, since 2019 and deepening and learning more, it's like, it's actually that evolutionary astrology has also really deepened my understanding of embodiment and of my soul path. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's been the exchange of, of these codes. And I feel like for both of us, it's, um, it's, it's gone in both directions, this, this deepening mm-hmm. of coming deeper into the soul. And I feel like evolutionary astrology and embodiment, um, are both soul making practices, you know, paths right. that we've kind of like merged and and weaved t- together. Right. We're both soul workers, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And my heart's just like exploding to hear that. Um, I feel, yeah, I'll share in a moment too, just kind of how these things have combined in me. But I would like to ask you for the audience, like, what is embodiment? How is the embodiment as it comes through you. Yeah. So, so the way that there's, there's so many different ways to explain what articulate what embodiment is, but the way that I want to, that I want to bring it here is really as simple as I want to just begin with like a tiny little guidance. So I want you to just take a deep breath into your pelvic bowl inhaling, filling up your belly like a balloon. And then exhaling down. And for a moment, I want you to just feel how you know you are alive through sensation, through your senses. the sounds that you hear, sound of your breath, the way your breath subtly, maybe not so subtly, dances in your body. 
you might sense your heartbeat. Notice the small dance. Even in the stillness. Becoming more and more attuned to what's happening within your flesh. And the way that that is gestured and expressed through the way that you are being, the way that you are simply being. And we can come back. Thank you for that. Yeah, just a simple drop in. What did you notice? I noticed like I could really feel my heart and my mm -hmm. heartbeat and I could feel, I could feel my heartbeat in my eyelids too. Yeah. And so I just felt this kind of like pulsing electric um, sense of presence. Yes. Yes. For me, I, f I feel like the way that my hands are just doing this for some reason, and there's a little bit of sweat and there was like a, like a little slithering motion happening in my torso and kind of opening my heart and then coming back, being pulled back and forward. Right. Mm. And I wanted to bring that because we can conceptualize about embodiment all day long, but ultimately embodiment in the way that I define it is the experience of being alive. Like we're always actually in embodiment. It's just whether or not we are conscious of it or not, right? It's whether, it's whether or not we are present to how much eros, which is aliveness, life force energy, creation energy that destroys and creates that moves or is suppressed, that wants to guide us, that is, is life in motion, right? And so embodiment is, 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 the, is the process of like going in and feeling and letting ourselves rest there. Someone once described it to me as having one eye open to the internal landscape of your of your being, of your body, and one eye out into the world, right? Sometimes people are like, oh, like, I'm so in my head, like, I'm so, like, uh, like, you know, disembodied. And this is, this is like a nuanced teaching, but it feels important here. It's like that, no, actually, that is the way that you're embodied. The mind is a part of our body. The mind and body is actually not separate, right? So, even if one is flighty or like really in their intellect or, or whatever, right? Like that's their current embodiment. Now that's a particular form and a particular thread of embodiment. And if that's constantly where our energy and our life force is being sucked into that pattern, then we're going to dry up, right? We're going to dry up arrows. Arrows is going to, um, it's going to diminish because I want to, I want to bring them some elementals here. So fire and air, right? Air is of the intellect, right? Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, it's of the intellect. And one of the brilliant things about these, about these signs, about, about this element is the capacity to, um, be in the east and the in the horizons with the with the mind right and that is a form of what i call and you don't you know if you don't jive with this that's okay i call it more masculine it's more like being in the masculine and to me when i'm talking about the masculine i'm talking about more of like a like a structural form now fire right fire also like it burns and it has a lot of it also has wind it also has air inside of it because it's like you can't really like you can't 
hold it solidly, right? It's like it has wind <laughs> within it. Um, and so if we're like always in with a lot of fire, I have a lot of fire, so I have to really watch out for this. If we're always in a lot of fire too, that also eats up and burns up a lot of erotic life force energy. It can really deplete you, right? It can really like dry out. And that looks like moving really quickly. And in our culture and the overculture, especially in the West, we are taught to what? What do we value? Productivity, moving quickly, and the mind, that mm -hmm. part of the body, the intellect, the understanding. And these are beautiful things, actually. Like the capacity to, to, to produce is actually taking away the morality out of it. It's like just part, it's a, it's a function. It's a part of reality. Same with the capacity to intellectualize. And when both of these are overworked, right? And the fire and the air kind of like burns out. We burn out eventually. And when you go to earth and when you go to water, which are more the feminine elements, right? The waters that, that nourish us, that connect us to our blood where there is fluidity and movement. And yeah, there can be stagnation in the blood for sure, right? But that usually comes because of the overproduction of the, of the other elements of, of the fire and the air. Um, and earth, right? There can also be... Um, Earth is grounding. Earth is like being able to lay out and be held and feel that rootedness of our bones. It's like feeling our density, the density of our being. Now, of course, earth can also be like swampland and then you can get like stuck in really heavy energy and all that. And then the waters also can be like the emotional body running really high and like, ah, you know, it's like, it's like being completely drowned by the ocean waves. And I'm mentioning all of this because I feel like this is this this has a lot to do with embodiment, and I work really deeply with the elements and in the balancing of the of the not really even balancing more of like the harmonizing of of the elements within our body. And I don't have like a background in Chinese medicine or anything like this. It's just simply what I have learned through my own body and being with the land, truly, and listening and connecting with these different elements. Um, so to me there, when we, when we begin to, what, what, what I often guide a lot of people into, it has to be all of it, right? We, I like to engage with all of them because the gift of air, for example, is our capacity to imagine. It's our capacity to, to, to open the archetypal body, to be able to connect to an archetype and dream it up through our third eye. That is a part of embodiment. Our fire is our desire. It is our hunger. It is the, it is the heat. It is the, it is the, it is the, it is the part of us that burns, that has the passion. That's like, oof, like I stand for this. Like it's the spark that gets us to move. Right. And then earth is like the ground the soil the density that can bring it into form but also help us slow it down so that we're not just like running off of the spark of desire that might burn out and then the waters come in to help keep ourselves fluid and flow in motion to remember to feel really important part of embodiment so mm. yeah um, it's, it's also like, you know, with the emotional body from water, it's, it's, it's really big and thawing out. Like when we're talking about opening the heart, when we're talking about learning to feel again, and if we're, and if we're overloaded on a lot of air and a lot of fire, then we, then we forget to slow down earth and we forget to really feel and to really um, connect with sensations and connect with emotion and sensations are actually the building blocks of our emotions and so often in my work when people start building a conscious embodiment practice coming into their bodies checking out what's really like going on a lot of the place that we begin the place that I often really begin with people is cultivating the capacity to be with sensation 
and the capacity to move with sensation before you know the, the 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 air wants to take over and it might take over and that's okay but we're building we're wielding a pathway to learn how to trust the waters how to trust the feeling how to move with sensation and ask sensation before even understanding what it wants to form into eventually emotion will come eventually the archetype will take hold right and we want to bring that out we want to bring this through because actually all of these elements all live inside all live through the earth and we are extensions of earth and they live inside of our body and in having conscious relationship to the elements and through our body the elements we're making room for soul to come through and when i talk about soul and i want to i want to hear your definition of soul when i'm talking about soul i'm talking about the deeper thing inside of us i'm talking about the reason we eat we reincarnated right the material that didn't get completed and finished the desire that we have the thing that's like oof this hurts but i know i need to lean into it for my evolution and it scares me because it confronts the parts of me that want to survive belong make sense whatever in our own astrological makeup and our own karmic dharmic makeup <laughs> but that's like you know that's 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 what we're starting to listen to and we the way that i have found to listen to that is through my body is through elemental wisdom and it's through coaxing out beneath the rigidity and the holding of my ego that love the ego not going to get rid of the ego but wants to be in control wants to take over wants to run the show wants to uh pro you know produce this my plans over over the deeper thing it's like it's like when i'm when i'm building my capacity when i'm building my capacity to be with life and arrows in my embodiment practice what it really ultimately is making is giving me is the room to is the room and the capacity to hold space for my soul to be enfleshed to swell through my skin to 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 guide me even if i'm like in the mystery in the dark because often we are when we're talking about soul but it's like you know what i can't not i can't not move in that direction i can't not follow that thing i can't not you know and it might be so simple like sometimes it's like people get really like gun ho about it's like no 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 when we're when we're talking about soul and the way that soul moves us it's it's usually when we open it it doesn't have a because in it it doesn't have a logical reason to often back it it's just that it's moving us in a direction and that direction is what carves us carves us carves our embodiment that is the path the path opens and the path is what carves us yeah gorgeous i love that you brought in the elements which are our building blocks astrologically also mm. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and exactly i i yeah yeah with um you know we have like really deeply similar relationships with what soul is yeah i um, want to hear i want to hear about evolutionary astrology and, and your definition of soul and all this yeah so evolutionary astrology is a practice of astrology that is not just about how to read charts the part about how to read charts gives us the the big overview of the soul story where we're coming from where we're headed right it shows us our desire nature and personality structures that we've taken on in prior lives to accomplish that and then what we're developing in this life so there sets up this relationship between the soul and the ego or the soul and the personality 
or the soul and the incarnation. And what I loved about first learning evolutionary astrology was that it spiritualized my entire life. Before I had this, um, I had had glimpses of kind of spiritual opening, but I would kind of shut it away and be like, I'm not ready to become ascended. I'm still living a life and I can't, I can't go all the way. And what I realized <laughs> through evolutionary astrology was that this life is the point that I'm learning spiritual lessons through all of my emotional experiences and through my desires and through what I'm drawn to. And so it gave me this huge amount of permission to lean into my life and then to also confront like really deep obstacles that I feel inside, um, these patterns that I am trying to figure out my way out of, you know, or how to open up to things that I, I sense I've always wanted, but maybe have never experienced in a tangible way. And so the soul and evolutionary astrology, it's, um, this, part of source that split off from source to experience the desire of being separate and ultimately is making its way back home after exhausting all desire to be separate from source and it's beautiful in this way that like as we touch our desire as we have fulfillment naturally new desires come up right but they're kind of they're evolved in some way um and then eventually after many lifetimes, we're ready to go home. But everything that we're doing in this life as we're leaning into the, the call to adventure that we keep receiving is basically the spiritual journey that's carrying us home. It's not a distraction, right? It is, and we can get discerning about real desire versus something that you know we've been entrained to think we want by culture, because those are different things. Um, but with, you know, this kind of process of the soul having desires, I came to understand that I'm incarnating into my life. Like I'm, I'm already here in my experience, but the more I participate with leaning into what my soul really wants, the more I fractally like incarnate deeper. And what I love about, um, practicing embodiment with you mm. and all the ways that it's now like rippled out to be part of my daily practice is that it's another fractal version of entering more deeply into this life. Right. Oh, yes. <laughs> and what you said about kind of, you know, this is our earth, like our body is our earth. And so it's like preparing the soil preparing, you know, it's like having fertile soil in a garden that can grow things basically. And so there's certain limits that I came up against in my spiritual evolution, in my conceptual, you know, because I'm, I'm very good at strategy, like my intellect, my understanding of astrology, I would get plans and I'm good at carrying out my plans too, you know? So it would take me to like, how do I accomplish this soul desire? And as soon as I got to anything that was kind of lower chakra energy, right? About belonging, about money, about Eros. Um, it was like, well, you can conceptualize these things and those conceptualizations <laughs> can get you places. But if you want that experience of feeling like way more deeply connected to the erotic in your body to, you know, like, if you want to feel grounded in terms of feeling like financially abundant, a lot of these pathways actually came through embodiment, right? Oh, Things yes. like confidence as well. It's like, I also love visualization and like um, doing thought work and like really like really getting like correct, like up in these like upper chakras, but there's also a part of confidence. That's just like feeling good or like feeling like I'm intimate with these different layers of myself. So Yes. I think that um, as I've been on this path of like, you know, I shared a podcast episode recently of like the weaving path of astrology and embodiment. Mm -hmm. It's like, they're both, um, they're both about really being here and yes. being connected to this life, right? The beauty mm -hmm. of this ephemeral temporary life and like actually being a steward of this incarnation, a steward of this you know, body. Also, I think with embodiment, it really brought in a layer for me of 
being able to hear the intelligence of my body, the oracle of my body in the same way that the stars are an oracle. You know, it's like I get messages from my psychic site or from my astrological site. And then the body also talks to me now in so much louder ways than it ever did because I've been cultivating that relationship and that capacity to like listen to myself. Yes. Yes. It's it's like... um you have more innately this capacity to this part because it is your body that 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 third eye that vision that receiving the lights that part of your capacity is of the body and that was that was like the that was the channel that was really uh work that was like the really known that's been the, that had been the really known go to to might even still still be the primary go-to channel and it's not complete and they're in the lower root in the sacral in the pelvic bowl in like the money sex power like down in the fucking earth like here we are in these bodies is intense like it's intense to feel <laughs> down there there is yeah. locked grief ancestral we have the ancestral body we have layers of the body right and so really it's like the way that i really learned and i just want to mention my my one of my first embodiment teachers stefana serafina because uh she has you know i i've learned so much from her and so much of her guidance and teachings have really been a huge anchor in my understanding of embodiment right it was like I had been doing embodiment, but didn't even know, didn't even know what, what it was. And then I met her and it opened up all of this. Oh, this is what like, okay, here's like a map. Right. Um, and so really like the, the mind, like the mind that, that capacity is kind of more of like the, um, it's, it's, it's like kind of like a top layer. Right. And it doesn't mean it's not deep actually it can be extraordinary it's actually extraordinarily deep uh it's for some people a lot of people don't have that access actually opened as much right for me i've kind of the opposite of you for me i have been really rooted in i would i have always had this kind of capacity and understanding and connection to uh the root and the sacral and that kind of lower center energy but the thing for me is is that it was it has it was really distorted for a lot of my life right like a lot of my life it had been also um a deep source of pain like a deep source of not being able to understand how to wield it and therefore getting kind of stuck in it and then it having it leading to a lot of addiction, right? <laughs> a lot of addiction. And actually in my embodiment work, it's interesting because it's like through it, through my descent of going down and in, because embodiment and the feminine, feminine embodiment, right? Like this is about going down, descending into the body, fully being here, right? But it, but eventually it's like, in the fully being here, in the fully taking up room in every cell of our body, we actually eventually open the crown. Like we open that, what I was talking about the, 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 with, with the air, right? The perceptive, the capacity to dream, the capacity to envision, not from like the ego driving you and like fantasizing and that capacity to fantasize and that capacity to dream but like oh snap here's this here's this vision here's this whisper here's this light that's coming from this really deep place inside of me i don't even your your ego might be really fucked up by seeing that reflection of what is received right when you're let's say in an embodied journey, in an embodied ceremony where you're deep in your body and you're like really with the channels of your body, you're really like, oh, you're here, stuff's opening, pockets of grief are opening, stuff is opening. 
and, and, and you create spaciousness and it's actually in the spaciousness, it's in the fertile void that you get to um, receive a vision, receive a whisper, receive maybe just one object, right? Might be an apple, might be a tree, but here are your guides, here are like your allies, here are forgotten or ignored or ran over parts of you and of your like of your soul that are coming now to the surface right does this make sense Mm -hmm. through through the body and so much you know (laughs) so much of my journey has been about um learning how to hold the responsibility of life force energy and learning to trust it so deeply and at the same time dismantle my own addictive distortions and trauma patterns because trauma when i speak of trauma i'm talking about stuck energy and that might be ancestral and that might be of your own incarnation however you want to call it these stuck patterns are like little little blockages in the channels of our body that then like the system can't really open to receive life, can't really open to let soul through because it's like, it's still like, oh no, not there, oof, no, not there. And I feel like this is veering into the realm of us talking about ecstasies and about peak experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I wanna say too through. that part yeah. of, um, you know, embodiment as I've experienced it through you, Carla, and to like, explain to the audience too, is like you guide these journeys. And so for people that have done like guided visualization or guided meditation or something, and like you go on a journey, this difference of like bringing the body and being with movement, um, and you know, like, and your guidance, you know, bringing in sensation, but yeah, go for it. The body is a dreamer. The body dreams, the body. Yesterday, when you gave me a little reading, right? We were talking about, you were like, you said, it's, it struck me. You were like, moon is the body. Moon, feminine, the unconscious and manifest form. So when, you're, when, you're, when you go in and when you start to like, here I am, if anyone's like watching the video, right? It's just like, I'm just gonna like, like just let my body be instinct. Let my body like be animal and just, and just be. And I feel the sweat in different places and I feel the slight sensation at my knee and I feel the weight of my right toe and I feel an itch on my forehead and like, right. It's like, it's, 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 it's all there. And then you begin and you begin going in and going in and going in. And the body is is dreaming, like the body is is speaking, is moving you, and you become moved. Like the thing about these journeys is that ultimately, part of what happens, and, and I don't mean ultimately in the cycle, this is the goal, and but you know, if I'm being honest, yeah, it kind of it, it kind of it, it's not I wouldn't say it's a goal, but it kind of is like this is kind of what it's what it's preparing you for. It's to be moved. It's to be moved. Like there is a point in the movement where I'm not like <laughs> right arm here, left arm here, and it's like it's like I feel this like oop, like this little movement and touch here, and oop, and I'm. But um, it's not like oh my god, it's happening to me. It's like it's happening through me. <laughs> it's yeah. happening through me. And that's how I know when I'm in my movement. And I'm not even thinking about it during it, of course, because I'm just in it. I'm just being it. But that's how I know I've like, okay, I've gotten out of the way. Like I'm in approval. And so this is a huge part. It's like for this to happen, for this journey to continue, like to deepen 
because this is really awakening through the body. This is soul awakening. This is like whatever it is you want to call it. Ascension, descension, <laughs> soul awakening. I like what, whatever. It's like, it's happening through your senses, through your body, through your breath. Mm-hmm. It's fucking magic. It's so magic. <laughs> it's magic. It's... Like there's no other way. <laughs> It's yeah. magic. It's life changing. It's so I feel like I'm like I feel like I'm like giving like a like a like a commercial for 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 like the best drug and it's like yeah, like sober, sober <laughs> awakening in this way but it's like y'all, this this is this is it. Like this is No, this isn't the this isn't the savior. Like nothing's going to save you. You don't need saving. The soul doesn't need saving. This is about your journey. This is about living your life. This is about living with the vulnerability of impermanence, of like, you're gonna die in this body, but there is something inside of you that's fucking infinite, that's connected to source. And that's what we're holding. And that's what we're, that's what we're bringing through. That's what we're trusting. That's what we're letting take up space. <laughs> and it's such a vulnerable experience because it's a thawing out. It is a peak experience. Like this is you cultivating peak experience through your body as you're saying, yes, oof, I don't like that sensation. Yes, oof, I don't like that sound. Yes, oof, yes, 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 yes. Over and over and over again through alchemy. Mm. It's like, it's wild how much my life has changed in the last few years. Like, or four, four years, like doing embodiment with you. And um, it has opened up a lot of frontiers and channels. And this is like, you know, I've been talking about this um, for those, you know, that have been following my forecasts and stuff for a while. It's like Uranus and Taurus is awakening through the body. I think I've, you know, people will talk about it, Uranus and Taurus, like, what is it? You know, it's just like, is it about food or, I mean, it could be right, but it's like, it's this experiencing sensations and like openings that you couldn't have even imagined before. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that, that opens up a lot of doors in every, every area of life. Um, yeah. but let's talk about ecstasies. Yeah. 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 100% because really what's coming through right now, as I as I just spoke about that and what's here and what's here in my, my, my pelvic bowl, it's like when I talked about the impermanence and the, and the living with life, death, and it's not life, death. It's, it's, it's not just like life over here, death over here, right? It's spectrum. It's like life and death is happening at the same time. Peak experience is about opening. Like peak experience is about that contraction, expansion, contraction, expansion expansion being taken by that force that's like (laughs) annihilating (laughs) the egoic force and control doesn't mean that your ego is going to go away forever right because ultimately to me in this work it's the marriage of soul and ego it's the ego being in service to soul but peak experiences are these moments where where we lose control, where the ego is no longer steering the wheel. And like, there's like a jolt, there's a annihilation that happens, that happens through you. And it's why people take (laughs) psychedelics, plant medicines. It's why people, right? It's why people And people have been doing this for a long time, right? It's like what I talked about in that little video. It's people have been using trance dance to do this. People have been using ceremony, like all sorts of things. There are so many different, it's like a tree and there's a lot of different branches. There's a lot of different pathways into the cultivation of peak experience. But ultimately what's really, what's what's really here for me around peak experience is that it is about the opening and sometimes opening is not easy. Sometimes opening is like, it's, it can be gritty. It can be intense. It can be 
it can have grief, it can have rage, it can have every every flavor of the pie, every slice of the pie that's possible in the human, that's part of the human experience. But it's like, I'm just, I'm just feeling this like burst of energy, this, this po like poking through the soil, a plant poking through a flower blossoming, the cervix opening when, when, when birth is being, is happening through the vulva, through the vagina, right? It's like, whew. And inside of peak experience, it's life death. Serpent, like serpents, like just like weaving like this. That to me is how I experience peak experience in my body. I'm, I'd love to hear what's, what's moving for you as you feel into it. Peak experience um, for a while has been something that I've considered as a story arc of where my life mm. is. Mm. And I have this really deep um you know, it's like ninth house Pluto life where like, oh yeah, what I, you know, what I want is to feel like my life is on the up and up and like exciting things are happening. And like, there's this like building excitement and expansion. And what I've found throughout my life is that that's been like, kind of like a personal battleground in some sense mm. of, um, you know, the effort to get there the, the fear of loss when I'm at the high and the devastation of loss when I've been on the down. And I've gone through this cycle enough times that I started to gain an intelligence about it. You know, the first few times I experienced, it was just raw, you know, raw, every emotion. Mm. And as I've gone through the cycle of it, it's like, there's a dance, like there's a lesson I've been learning about being able to expand and also being able to grieve and let things go, to not hold on so tight that I can't rise and to not hold on so tight that I can't let go when, you know, everything comes into form and leaves form. There's seasons and cycles. And I've been thinking about peak experience, um, you know, when I, when I go toward it, on purpose, mm. when it's my intention, I come up against all these little walls, all these like stuck, very resistant, kind of depressive parts of me. And the alchemy of this kind of difference between expansion. So when you were saying the expansion contraction part, I really connected with that. Um, I think that there's this this art form of like, of moving into the kind of that rising state. Mm -hmm. And there's something that I've been integrating mm -hmm. lately around mm -hmm. um, how I relate to the stuck energy or the grief. Um, so one thing that's been occurring um, with ecstasies kind of in my, how it's been working through me is that I've had some depressive moments come up or moments where bizarrely, I don't think I'm excited about anything. I just want to like go crawl into a cave and like press time out on life completely. And I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> I, why is this happening? You know? And as I've been engaging it, I have a different relationship now with healing where it's not so much about like fixing myself or not feeling certain things. Like I used to try to really kill my own experience of like, mm. I'm feeling a way I need to kill it. I can't mm. feel this way anymore. And I'm introducing play into everything. So when I'm feeling, you know, embodiment with you really opened up my capacity to grieve. I feel like my grief used to come out in a more of a convulsing like kind of thing. Cause there was so much like guard against it. Which, which I just want to say is, is like, we can't control the way that grief happens through us. And, you know, it's like, I, I just, I give a lot of permission. I think that we really, mm. as a whole, there's so much under, there's so much like relearning around allowing ourselves to grieve deeply. 
Um, thanks for saying that. Yeah. There was like my relationship with that energy was that, you know, the grief was coming out of a lot of places where it had been repressed. So yeah. out, that's why it moved that way. Well, grief, grief is arrows. Grief, grief is life. People often confuse. I just want to say this and I'm, I want to keep hearing, but I just, I just want to say this little piece. People often confuse grieving and like, I'm just going to say it like a victimized kind of pain body addictive like cycle no there is that because the pain body can be very addictive loves the intensity feeds off of itself and then there's grief and grief is beneath that when we open to this like cleaning out of stuck energy that moves out and it may be really big and it may be really messy and that's fucking beautiful grief that comes out and it's like it's like so actually can be so nourishing even even if it kind of hurts or even if it has a lot of sensation it's 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 bringing us back more life it's life-giving grief is actually life-giving because right we have to we, we praise what we grieve like there's like there's there's that side to it so I just want to say that thank you yeah I mean I used to to not have that awareness and mm -hmm. really push grief you know try to heal it try to fix it try to move on kind of thing yeah. and I really struggled yeah. when I was relating to my grief that way I couldn't find the peak experience I was searching for anyway I kept looking for it but I had all this grief I wasn't processing um and so currently what I've noticed is that um, my grief, this layer currently that I move through now, when I feel grief, it feels like pure water. Like there's yes. just this huge yes. coming through and it's so big. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in tears and there's a part that still feels a little bit scary of like, this feels infinite. I don't know if it will end. No, it won't. No. And so <laughs> as I've tapped into that space, um, I've started to play with it. Yeah. I've started to dance and I've started to sing and drum yes. or just get weird yes. with it. And it's yes. really beautiful. Like I'm really having like oh. ecstatic experiences in my grief. And yes. I think part of it is like a, you know, and so that's just there, you know, but then other points, my relationship to being with this frequency is like, um, kind of like tuning into this, like really subtle, like serpenty movement and feeling these layers of like pleasure ripple through me or building this like positive anticipation of like what I'm excited about and like feeling that energy like light me up and carry me in ways that maybe I had a wall where I was like oh I, I'm not ready to feel that much happiness or I don't trust it kind of thing so I'm kind of in this like play space of being what being with what is but also having this um internal desire and intention that I'm playing with about having more fun and like opening up my perception of comedy and opening up like um my my internal capacity to like radiate like breathe into my heart feel my heart more and then shine it outward and bring more of myself outward than I'm accustomed to letting myself and often inside of that space too I meet a particular kind of grief of like where have I been or why did I put myself like, why have I been small, you know, and then continuing to like play with that. So there's been this um, pretty like vulnerable process that's happening with opening up to peak experience. This is really beautiful. One other thing too, mm. that I feel I'm working with it with it is it's this prayer of like being peak experience. So yeah. not seeking it externally 
in the sense of feeling like I need permission from the outside environment to create it. Um, but feeling into where I can be a channel or a vessel for that energy and then to actually radiate it and share it with the environment and create an invitation into that space. Mm. Mm. So much richness. So much richness. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... I feel tingles in my in my womb space and, and belly. Um, yeah, for me, I <clears throat> I don't use the word depression because you know how I feel about kind of these these labels that we that we put over what I call the feminine, which is the unpredictable, wild chaotic fucking just life force and energy and all the all the magic of that but I I have a lot of down energy in my system my my mother growing up my mother was always like she had a lot of down like she had a lot of um like laying in bed for a long time and there was a lot of which looking back I see as stuck grief like there was like grief that that wasn't moving and and then you know there was like a like a hiding like a hiding out from the world and my system runs in a similar way um my system has like high highs low lows <laughs> you know when i was 15 i was like do i have borderline personality disorder you know i i looking back now and, and through my own journey of taking um, antidepressants and, you know, going down a traditional route of trying to uh, understand why I am the way that I am before deepening into my studies of functional nutrition and connection to the earth and what it is to actually feel, what it is to actually um, just like be in approval of my humanity and, and also have outlets and and ways of, of of moving with the gifts that I carry and the sensitivity around it without it being like something that I am victimized by because I don't know how to be in relationship to it right and and the reality is is that like as a whole we are not taught like there's a lot of pathologizing of the feminine in subtle and not so subtle ways you know in covert ways in even inside of spiritual communities, you know what I mean? Um, feel better culture, you know, kind of this thing. And for me, in, in, in meeting the places that I'm, the, the down that I've, that I've been, you know, kind of in and out of, like, you know, it's just like, it's my birthday tomorrow. Like, there's just this, it's, it's, it's a time in my life where um, a lot of the decisions and choices that I've made have brought me to these places where I'm getting to kind of experience um, a lot of healing in places that were kind of buried and covered, right? And as it comes up, it's like there's pain and there's also like kind of a heaviness and like a weightedness. And for me, I, the other day, for example, I, I had a really big opening and it was a day of, oh my God, just like lots of crying, lots of grieving, but also like really holding and being with a very core wound of mine. That is a deep samskara that I'm in confrontation with right now. And, um, you know, I could feel the part of me that's like, oh, let's just take a bath. You know what I mean? And I think that baths have the place and there's, there's a beauty to them, but I could feel the part of me that was like, let's just take a bath. You know, let's try to regulate it. Let's try to like, you know, and I, and I loved the water and the water could hold me. And it was, but I could also feel this, this thing that was like, oh, wait, I need to sweat. I need to like move this. Hmm. I need to actually bring in some fire, not to feel better, not to bypass not to pull myself out of the reality of what I'm in, 
but to give it, give it a place to express, give it a way through my body, give it like, let it actually teach me, let it come into connection. And so I put on a blindfold, I took a bath for a little while, I was like in the dark, and then I put my blindfold on and I closed all my blinds and it was nighttime anyway, so it was like super dark. And I just like put on my headphones and I just danced, like I just danced and moved. And (laughs) it was like, I could feel how there was a way in which the opening of this kind of, mm, this, this wound, I could kind of keep it in a box and be like, oh, you go over here. But actually it needed connection. Actually this part of me needed to come back into really deep connection. And through the dance, I felt my ancestors through my bones. I felt a grandmother like poke me in the back. Like literally like I felt a grandmother like hand on my back. And I felt, I felt myself as, as trees, as branches. I felt myself as the breeze. I moved in this way where it was like this part of me was coming into connection. And that's like, to me, the cultivation of the peak experience. It's like, it's not to push it down. It's not to make it feel better. It's like, let's plug in through it. Yeah. That illuminates so much for me, Carla. Like Mm, the bringing it into connection I feel like I was speaking of like playing with mm-hmm. and like same, same, same. same. Yeah, exactly. And same, then same. also <laughs> it reminds me of like when I'm in peak experience in my life, ones that I've found my way into often I'm holding a part of me inside of it that always wanted that or was yeah. so full of grief a few years ago because I felt I could never feel that way again. Like, and so I'm actually bringing back, like when I'm like in the party and I'm like having the time of my life, I feel like I'm accompanied by these sad parts of me that are just like getting warmed up in the fire of that. And it's her trust in life renewed. And there's this celebration of like, I can feel this way or like life is continuing where I thought it was frozen. 100% you know, like, what's that, what's that quote? It's like, I forget, I forget the quote, but it's coming through. It's like, when you'd go to a shaman and they'd ask you like, you know, what's like, how you when got sick, it'd be like, when did you stop dancing? Yeah. When did you stop? I, you know, I forgot singing. what the other ones are singing. When did you stop? It's like, we can get frozen. It's really easy. Even for me, even for me as a diagnosed ADHD person and like (laughs) person with a lot of fire I even can get stuck in in like a holding pattern and so that like spark of life that fire that warming it up it's not get out the way stop like pick yourself up you have to feel the difference here you have to feel the subtlety because we need the capacity to feel all sensations and emotions it's just that life is, is motion. And, you know, it takes, a, it takes the responsibility and it takes the, like, the, the willingness too and the courage, and it's a vulnerable courage to bring ourselves to be like, oh, okay, I, I, need, to, I need to move this. Like, I need to really not just, like, wait for it to go away on its own, whatever. Like we can do something that kind of like, like moves right out of it. Or we can like transmute through going in and through and play and movement are one of these alchemy forms. That bring these parts of us into connection. Yeah. Let's tell everyone about our mythopoetic ritual experience. Oh my gosh. This mythopoetic ritual experience. It's like <laughs> the, call, the 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 weaving of you and I's um frequencies and medicine in this way that I think, you know, for the people that have been more on a journey with me, 
some people have been on journeys with both of us, you know, people who have been like, and for the people who have been more on the journeys with you, I think you're going to receive so you're going to receive so much from being in the collaborative field of Sabrina and I, and to be guided through a storybook experience. So, you know, we think of doing our inner work or healing and sometimes this like really, and you know, sometimes it is time for that. I do want to say sometimes it is time to like do the, do, do the, do the gritty, gritty kind of work of like, you know, writing, you know, really, really simple. And, and the, the medicine of play, of communal play and remembering the awe and the magic and the curiosity and the vivaciousness that we, that, that lives inside of us and opening that all the way through, through this frequency, frequency of ecstasy, through the Dionysian myths, through the stories and feeling them through your body. It's going to be such a decadent, luxurious, awe, creative experience. We're going to go to the Mediterranean Sea. We're going to eat <laughs> incredibly. We're going to be in this gorgeous villa. We're going to connect to the elements. You're, you're, you're part of it. Like those who say yes, those who are coming, you know, you are a part of the story. And it's going to really um, liberate a lot of creative, liberate and give up, give a path for a lot of creative energy too. That it's, gonna, that it's going to feed into your life post-retreat, post-experience. Mm. And as we're like in conversation and in this creative cooking of this frequency, um, we're talking about these myths connected to Dionysus, Ariadne, Semele. And um, one of the ways that Dionysus was described um, on my podcast, Magic of the Spheres by Meg Kane, they were talking about how Dionysus is like the performer on stage that rather than um, being the sole performer gathers the audience into the performance and into the play, right? Dionysus and the myths is seen with like a traveling caravan of like cheetahs and serpents and nymphs. And there's just this party energy so that's gonna be us <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is who we're in conversation with and you know the the myths surrounding Dionysus the characters surrounding him have very deep um potent stories as well that create you know as I've been I've been touched so deeply by these myths they came mm -hmm. to me last summer on my way to Greece they visited me in a very powerful way where I felt like they called me, you know, and there's this combination that I find in these myths of that revelry, that party energy, but then also like the psychological thread and internal labyrinths in and out of that space. Um, and so there's something, you know, to speak of your recent like written word um, about peak experience, there's an anchor there's like a thread, there's a way that we can um, find our way into it and also find our way back to, you know, we can travel far and then know that we, we have ourselves. We got the route. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that that's one of the, like really being held in an experience like this so that then it becomes gnosis for you. Gnosis is really something that you must know through your body. Right. And so you're coming here You're not just we're, we're, we're going in, you're going to feel, you're going to open. That's what you're coming for. And yeah, you're going to meet gonna some edges. It's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun. And you're going to meet edges. You're going to meet edges. And, um, and that's, that's always part of the beauty. That's always part of the magic. That's always part of the medicine. And it's really going to be an extraordinary experience. And, we would absolutely love to have you. It would be a deep, deep honor, pleasure to have those who hear the call. 
I'm going to leave the link um, in the notes for the Ecstasies page, as well as the application um, on social media. You can DM either one of us. Just make sure it's actually our profiles. Um, you know, I'll I don't think them. I have any. Imper- I don't have any impersonator <laughs> accounts. Thank God. <laughs> I don't. I've got a few, so don't DM the grape to my impersonators, please. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, DM us on Instagram or follow the link um, to apply. And I'm so excited. This, you know, Crete, Greece is, it has my heart <laughs> in a way. Like I've never fallen in love so deeply with a land before. And it's also the home of these myths. Exactly. And not just, you know, not just Greece in general, but Crete is very specific to Dionysus and Ariadne. So it's going to be really special. 